again, friends. Welcome on into episode 234 of the SCO Show, probably a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schoolfield. Back in the big chair for today, Monday, April 18th, 2022. We are now one week away, basically, from the 2022 NFL Draft. Today is a mock draft one installment. What we're going to do today, we're going to recap Dane Brugler's seven-round mock, talk about his Patriots picks. Also going to do some reading of the tea leaves as we sort of look at what he did in the first round. There were no trades in his first round mock, so it's more a positional need type of thing, but we'll kind of dive through some of the picks, see where things are trending. And then in the second half of the show, your mocks. Later this week, it will be corners and linebackers. I'm going to talk about those two positions, two huge positions of need for the New England Patriots. And then don't forget, next Monday is the final mock draft Monday episode of the Skull Show before the draft, so make sure to get all the mocks you want read into me before, say, Sunday, that would be fantastic. Before we dive into today's show, your usual cavalcade of reminders, please follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at a variety of places. USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, Pat's Pulpit, Blogging the Boys. Lots of places to find the content, but easiest way to do it is on the aforementioned Bird app at Mark Schofield. If you would like an invite to the Scotia Slack channel, Please reach out for an invite via Twitter. Uh, you can shoot me a DM. You can shoot me an email. Mark.Schofield at InsideThePylon.com is a good way to get in touch with me if you want to do it that way. Draft time is a great time to do that. And with two weeks to go, it might be a time to join if you have not done so already. They're watching prospects all the time. Your boy might even pop in post-draft to do some prospect watching once we get a sense of who the Patriots have actually selected. That's usually a good time to start talking about how people might fit in. We'll have more on that potential a little bit later. But let's dive into Dane Brugler's mock. And as I said, first we'll go big pitcher, league-wide, first round. And then we'll talk smaller pitcher, sort of the Patriots' focus here. And interestingly enough, Aiden Hutchinson goes one. But I think what is more interesting, at least to me, is the idea of Trayvon Walker at one. That is building steam. And... Again, it's lying season. People tell me what they want to tell me. I would not discount it. And if Hutchinson goes at one, as Dane does here, Walker at two to Detroit is an extreme possibility. And I know people might say, well, what about Malik Willis? What about Kayvon Thibodeau? I've been told that they really like Trayvon Walker. And that Dan Campbell and company, they're just looking at this board and saying, we're going to get either Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker, and we're going to be really happy about that. Do with that information what you will. At three, Ikea Kwanu, offensive lineman from NC State, which Houston has a ton of needs. You, you look at their draft needs on almost any website, and it's basically everything. And this does seem to indicate that they're going to give D- D- Dennis Davis Mills excuse me, every opportunity to solidify that job, which I think makes... Incredible sense. Because there were times last year when he looked like the best quarterback out of the rookie class. I don't think the whole body of work made him the best of that rookie class, but he had his moments. And with questions about this quarterback class, as we've talked about a lot already this season, makes sense to build around him. Now at four, that gives the Jets an interesting call. I keep saying Sauce Gardner to the Jets makes way too much sense, but Dane mentions here that 
He thinks the head coach and the general manager are aligned as they prioritize pass rush more than corner. And if you could walk away with Thibodeau, a guy that everybody thought was the surefire first overall pick at four without moving up, hard to complain with that. That means Evan Neal, five to the Giants. That pick makes a ton of sense for them. He can play right tackle. They need right tackle. He can play guard even. That's a tremendous fit. Giants fans tell me all the time they need to figure out right tackle. There you go. Now at six, Dan goes with Kenny Pickett. Now, in in recent days, the idea of the Panthers either trading back to pick up more picks or adding either Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, depending on who you believe, one of those deals is happening either right before or right after the draft. But all of this speaks to the idea that the Carolina Panthers haven't needed a quarterback. And as Dane writes, there's zero consensus around the league on where the running quarterbacks will start. So it is tough to feel confident about this projection. There's a decent chance I won't have a quarterback here in my final mock draft. But the Panthers haven't been coy about their interest in the quarterback prospects in this class. Now, if the Panthers do stay there and that trade has not happened, you might see what Dane sort of talks about next. Which is, at 7, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati to the Giants. But he writes, if the Giants are unable to trade back and add draft assets for next year... A plug-and-play blocker at 5 and a shutdown corner at 7 feels like ideal, which is correct. But I do think that if the Panthers have not moved out of 6, 5 is, again, the spot to get to. And the Giants could slide back from 5 to, say, 8, 5 to, say, 9, 5 to 20. I mean, they could slide back and themselves a future first-rounder for next year and give themselves the hedge with Daniel Jones. But here he has them going, Sauce Gardner. Malik Willis comes off the board to Atlanta at 8. I think that makes a lot of sense. Seahawks take advantage of Derek Stinley falling a little bit. I think they go offensive tackle here, honestly. I think if Cross is on the board, they, they would go there. Um, Stinley certainly talented. Stinley is probably, his, his floor is 12, as you'll see in a second here. But 9 makes some sense. I, I, I'll probably have offensive tackle for Seattle at 9 in my final mock, um, unless it's quarterback. Jets at 10 go Garrett Wilson. Makes sense. Thibodeau, Wilson, not a little, not a bad haul at all for the New York Jets. Commanders at 11 go Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton could be one, could be two. A lot of people have him as their best player in this draft. Touchdown Wire's top 50 is going to have him pretty close to that, if not at one. But as Dane writes, not every franchise is going to be on board with drafting a unique 6'4", 220-pound safety with a top pick, which is why he doesn't think it's surprising or should it be surprising if he passes out of the top 10? At 12, Minnesota. This is every every mock I do, I put Stanley here. Dan has Stanley coming off the board at 9. So it's Trent McDuffie, the Washington corner at 12. I'm happy to see this because I have him as my CB4, which we will talk about Wednesday and which will drop on Monday, on today. My corners drop today. Lack of length is the main concern with his projection, but he has the football IQ, athleticism, and toughness required to be a team's top corner, and the debut of debut pick of first-year GM Quasi Adolfo Mensa. I think it'd be a fantastic pick. I just I I always have Stinley available for them. Otherwise, it would be McDuffie. It makes they they need a corner. Houston now at thirteen. They go Jermaine Johnson, who a lot of people have at at or near the top of this edge class. At fourteen, the Ravens go Devin Lloyd. I mean, they could go in a number of different directions here. The Ravens could. I always go Jordan Davis now, but Lloyd is a good fit. 
Davis now comes off the board at 15 in the Eagles. Also a tremendous fit. Charles Cross falls to 16. And again, there are people that say that the Saints adding these two picks at 16 and 19. They're going tackle and wide receiver if they stay. And here you see it. Cross at 16. Trevor Pennant at 17. Adding him at right tackle to the Chargers. Drake London at 18. He's my wide receiver one. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. But I will say the footage of his pro day. Eh. Man was running some half-speed goal line fades and looked a little labored. That's, that's, there was some consternation in my mind watching that on Friday. At 19 now, Saints go Jameson Williams. At 20, you get the next quarterback, Desmond Ritter from Pittsburgh. I've done Ritter to the Steelers a bunch. I get it. Steelers fans initially pushed back, but I think they're starting to get it too. Patriots at 21, Daxton Hill. Versatile defender from Michigan. Can play corner, can play nickel, can play safety, like... It's a it's a quintessential versatile Belichick pick. I totally get it. I'm coming back to the idea though. They the trade back lights are going off in my head, especially if a team wants to come up for a receiver that's fallen or maybe for a quarterback. I mean, if if you're a team that wants a receiver, if you're say Kansas City, and you've got the Green Bay Packers sitting there at 22, and you're terrified they're going to take your receiver. That's a spot you might want to get to. Belichick might not trade out of the first round completely, but something tells me if he's sitting at 21, he might look at this board and say, we only had 17 first-round grades. We don't think the value's here. You're going to give us a first-rounder, and we'll pick up another, you know, a second-round pick or a third-round pick or something. You know, for example... Looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, just again, hypothetically playing around. They've got two picks in the second round, 50 and 62. So you've got that in the back of your mind. Using the Rich Hill trade value chart. If you go back to, say, 30 and add that pick at 62 as a little kicker in there, that's kind of close to even. Maybe... New England gets a little bit more out of that deal, but if if Kansas City wants their guy and he's there at 21 and they're terrified that Green Bay is going to take up a 22, Kansas City might be happy to pay that. They might be happy to give the pick at 50. It just screams Belichick move to me. So my mind is starting to go to a potential Patriots-Chiefs trade. Just something to think about. Now at 22, you have Chris Olave, who makes a ton of sense to the Packers. And so again, if the Chiefs... All right, and a receiver there. Something to keep in mind. George Kaloftis, the edge from Purdue to Arizona at 23. Zion Johnson to Dallas at 24. Traylon Burks at 25. Kenyon Green, 26. I've I've mocked Green to the Titans before. I think that makes a ton of sense. Devontae Wyatt to the Bucks Makes sense. Packers, Travis Jones. Makes sense to me. Kyrie, see, this was, was interesting about Dade's mock to me about the Chiefs. Because they went Elam and Boye Mafe, who I gave to the Chiefs in this exact spot in my three-round mock recently but I had them go in receiver 29. Mafia makes a ton of sense, but they don't go receiver. I think they still go receiver, but maybe they don't. I also had Tyler Lindebaum at 31 to the Bengals. I know they've added a lot on the offensive line, but the value is way too hard to pass up. And look, they do a lot of zone stuff. He's a perfect fit for that. And the line, Jahan Dotson, that's that's one I've mocked before. I think it's a nice little combination for them. So that's the first round. Names that surprised me that weren't in there, Nicobe Dean and Andrew Booth, jump out at me. 
He has Dean going to Jacksonville at 33, which makes a ton of sense. And then Booth at 35 to the Jets also makes a ton of sense. George Pickens at 37 to the wide re- to the Houston Texans. I absolutely love that. Sky Moore to Indianapolis at 42. I love that. Matt Corral to 40 at Seattle. That's a nice little pick for them. Sam Howell to Washington. I was all with my buddy Nate Geary, um, WGR up in Buffalo on Saturday. And I talked about Washington might be the ideal fit. But are you comfortable, Washington, drafting a quarterback in the second round, seeing what happened to Carson Wentz's confidence when the Eagles did that? That's just a question that I I would have if they decided to go down that road. Let's dial into the Patriots draft picks in this one. We already talked about Daxton Hill. I think he's a tremendous sort of fit for them. Makes a ton of sense. Christian Harris at 54. He's my linebacker three, as we'll see. As you saw, I dropped my linebacker rankings last week. We'll talk about it a little bit more. I love him. I think Kyle Krabs over at the Draft Network loves him. Talking to some other people, they don't like him. So he's a bit of a polarizing prospect. I'm a big fan of his game. Again, he's linebacker three for me. I, I think at least Dane for right now is sort of in line with the other. It looks like he has Walker just a couple of spots ahead of Christian Harris there. A lot of people like Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, and I get it. I understand the love for him, but I think Harris is where the league is trending at the position, so I'd be a huge fan of that selection. At 85... Luke Fortner, the offensive guard slash center from Kentucky. Versatile type of player, somebody that can give you potential at both interior spots, which is something I think the Patriots would love to have. I think they would love to have that. Now, for some, that might be seemed like a bit of a reach. For example, the guys at the Draft Network have him at player 199 on their board and say he's just a developmental guy. Starting guard who took over at center this past season. But I think that, look, I think he's got recognition, awareness, ability in zone run schemes. I think the Patriots would value that, given the diversity they have in their run game. Maybe it's a reach, but it seems like a Belichick type of pick. At 127, Patriots go with Willis Jones Jr., the wide receiver from Tennessee. And I will say, my colleague over at USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Larry Fitzpatrick, did a great piece on his game. Talked about what he could bring to the NFL. I would strongly recommend that you check it out. West Coast guy that gives you yardage after the catch and a ton of speed, you know, slot, flanker type of guy. Didn't run a ton of routes at Tennessee, but gives you speed to burn. I think Patriots fans were clamoring for speed and athleticism and explosive playmaking skills at the wide receiver position. Would love that at this spot in the draft. Now we look to the fifth round picks that the Patriots have that we probably, as our friend Dave Archibald would remind us, they'll trade away somehow. Josh Joby, the corner from Alabama, which I think, look, adding cornerback depth would be smart. I think they go corner perhaps earlier and even adding Daxton Hill with his versatility in this mock you see that second quarter added. So it wouldn't surprise me if they double dip in the secondary. Joe be a very talented player, so I'm a fan of that pick. Spencer Burford, the offensive tackle from UTSA. Another offensive lineman. Adding depth in the trenches. We have no problem with that. Can't really complain about adding an offensive tackle at this point in the draft. And some of that I think could play. Could play pretty early in his career. You know, he's somebody that played at left guard, then played at left tackle. You know, when you watch him, you know, he's 
long, he's quick, he's got everything you want. Needs to refine some technique. It might be a situation where they turn in the card with his name on it and Belichick's next call after he hands up on the newest member of the New England Patriots is to Dante Skarnacki and says, hey, can you come out and help us with this kid? Refine the technique. I, If that happens, sign me up. So that's the pick from Dan at 170. Then we go ahead to the sixth round here at 200. Jeffrey Gutner, the edge from Coastal Carolina. And then at 211 to round it out, or excuse me, 210, Jake Tier Carter, another interior offensive lineman from Southern. So added some depth along the offensive line, double dip a corner, added a speedy wide receiver, and adding Christian Harris, a linebacker. I could take that draft. I'd be perfectly happy with it. I'm also stealing myself with that trade down like we talked about. But interesting enough, Dane, in each of the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, does like one or two snippets on a player. And he does his snippet for this pick of Carter out of Southern. A player that reminds me of Dakota, Dakota Dozier when he's coming out of Furman. Carter had a productive career at the FCS level, didn't look out of place at the Senior Bowl. Workout numbers were also outstanding. And the Patriots have met with him multiple times. Do with that what you will. So that's enough from Dane. Now let's hear from you, listener marks, up ahead on episode 234 of the Scope Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 234 of the Scope Show. And we're going to get to listener marks. Remember, we got one more mock draft Monday, so make sure you get me as many mocks as you want read. It will be a day devoted to mocks. We'll go long if we have to. Uh, for the final mock draft money before the 2022 NFL draft. We kick it off to our submission. Jared McDonald at J-A-R-O-D underscore M-A-C. He goes for value, as he says across the board, because we got a trade out of the first round. Again, wouldn't surprise me. Patriots go back from 21. They get 33, 65, and 106 from the Jags. And a 33 boy, Mafia, which out of the box... A guy that we just saw in the first round for Dane Brewer, you get him at 33. I love that value. And then 54, Christian Harris. Sign me up. We're good. I'm done. I love it. 65, Dylan Parham, the guard from Memphis. Khalil Shakir at 85, the Boise State wide receiver. He does kind of scream Patriot, right? Does kind of scream Patriot. Zach Tom at 106 with one of the picks you got from Jacksonville. Tackle from Wake Forest. Cordell Flott, the corner from LSU. Bo Melton at 158. Not in the 209 spot, not on the Bo Melters, but I'll get on 158. You like that. Then up next, you get defensive tackle from Iowa State. Yoma Iwazarike. Defensive tackle from Iowa State. Edge defender. PFF. Jared did this on a PFF mock. Graded that pick as an A. They loved it. Zach Jones, the corner from Arizona State at 200. The man of Urzia. The punter from San Diego State. At 210 to sort of round that out. Next mock we've got. Comes in from High School Legend. At High School L-E-G-E-4. On the Bird app. Nicobe Dean at 24. Love it. Love Dean. I think he is undersized by Patriots standards. But I'd be on board with it. Watch him fly over the field. I'd be on board with it. I don't know if the Patriots will be. We'll see. Nick Bonito, the edge at 54. Marcus Jones. And oh, by the way, they traded back. They sent 21 to Dallas. They got 24, 88, 164. Just to come back four spots and to get Dean. Dylan Parham at 88. 
Neil Farrell, the defensive tackle from LSU at 127. Kyron Williams, the running back from Notre Dame at 158. Josh Johnson, the Tulsa wideout at 167. Noah Ellis, 170. Adam Anderson, 200, the edge from Georgia. And then the punter from San Diego State again at 210. Is that become, is 210 becoming the punter spot? I actually think there's another position. We might have to name that last pick in the draft after. More on that in a second. Got one from Pablo Hoelin at H-O-E-L-P-A-B-L-O. Says this is his final mark. And we get another trade. Patriots trade back to 36. Boye Mafe at 54. Travis Jones. John Mechie at 67. Leo Chanel at 81. Zion McCollum. Corner from Sam Houston State at 85. Cade Mays, the interior offensive line for Tennessee at 127. Zach Tom, seeing his name a lot, at 158. Marcus Jones, the Houston corner at 170. Jeremiah Gamel, the linebacker from North Carolina at 200. And then Chance Campbell, linebacker from Mississippi at 210. Now turning to the submissions via the Slack channel. Got one from Drew Brown in. And here you go. Here's your sort of Chiefs trade. Because what he does at the start slides from 21 to 29. He gets the pick at 29, the pick at 62, and the pick at 135 from the Chiefs. And then slides out at 29 to 35 in a trade with the Jets and gets 35 and 38 in exchange for 29. And the pick at 62 they added from the Chiefs. And at 35, Boye Mafe. At 38, Travis Jones. And then now he slides back up. Or excuse me, slides out of 54 to get 64 and 96 from Denver. And at 64, Brandon Smith, the linebacker from Penn State. And at 85, Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver from Boise State. And then slides back a couple of spots in the trade with the Browns. Zion McCollum at 99. Josh Jobe from Alabama at 118. So a double dip a corner there. Matt Wadalzeko, the North Dakota tackle at 127. Lake Smith. Virginia guard at 135. Jack Sanborn, 158. The other linebacker from Wisconsin. Brad Hawkins, the safety at 200 from Michigan. Zonovan Knight, NC State running back at 218. De'Ara King at 253. So there you go from Drew Brown. Fascinating mark right there. Absolutely love it. Scroll through some more listener mocks via the Slack shot. And Lario on the board. Kenyon Green at 32 after a trade. Travis Jones at 63. Leo Chanel at 80. And Troy Anderson at 85. And Alec Pierce at 90. Cam Taylor Britt at 95. That is, if you want to get your mock read, give me Alec Pierce and Cam Taylor Britt and Troy Anderson. You're going to get your mock read. I'm just, I'm just floating that out there for the people. Um, so after Cam Taylor Britt, Zion McCollum, Jelani Woods, Isaiah Thomas, Matt Arazia, the punter at 216, and Jay Sean Corbin, the running back from Florida State at 252. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it, Neil Lario. I'm just a huge fan of that. The name I think we start have to consider in for the final pick. We've called it Bob Melton. We had a name, we've had name for names for it every year. Is EJ Perry. Because i I'm, I'm strolling through mocks right now. I can't get to them all, but I'm seeing a lot of E.J. Perry to the Patriots with the final pick of the draft. The Brown quarterback, extremely athletic. He's met with the Patriots. Going to meet with him again. That could be the pick. But 
That's enough for today. I will be back, like I said, Wednesday. We're going to talk linebackers and corners. That's going to be a fun show. Um, I've, I've got some guys. I'm a little bit against consensus on a couple of players, interestingly enough. But um, I really like both of these position groups and their positions in the I think, for the Patriots. So we'll have some fun talking about that. Um, then we get the final mock draft. Then we have a, a show right before the draft kicks off. And then some recap shows. going to be a busy couple of weeks, but it's... A ton of fun. It's why we do this. It's why we love this. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors. Check in on your loved ones. Wash those hands. And when you do, sit along and bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.